I got I to gotta tell you guys, man, that last song, and when Hiram stepped back, and then you guys' voices come out, whoo, that was so good for my heart. I want to start crying back there. I'm Rich, Pastor Rich, and I have this huge honor of working with the high school and middle school students, and uh, I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. You know, I never would have thought that God would bring me to this spot where I am in my life right now, pastoring students. In fact, at the age of 19, I thought I had found my dream job. I got a job as an apprentice carpenter at a nuclear power plant. I actually got to help build a nuclear power plant. My starting pay, this is in, think about this, this is in 1978, my starting pay was $16 an hour. I had a friend of mine do a little math that up to what it would be like in, in today's wages. That was over $70 an hour. You talk about a dream job, right? Problem is, I walked into this job, and I really had no clue what I was doing. I mean, what do you do in a nuclear power plant? I had no skills. But the union, I worked for the union, the union would take an apprentice carpenter like me, and they'd put us together with a master craftsman and a, a uh, journeyman carpenter, and we would work together. We'd become a team. This, the fellow that they put me together with was a 40-year-old man, and I'm telling you, he immediately became a hero. He was everything I wasn't. He was quiet. <laughs> he, was, he was skilled, and he was built like a rock. I mean, he was just this huge monster guy. I must have been six foot two. He immediately became my hero. He taught me so much. He taught me how to get along with my superiors without getting on their nerves. And that was a good thing for a guy who talked a lot. And, it, and then he also taught me how to not cut off my fingers when I'm cutting a piece of plywood, which he evidently had done because he's always pointing me at me with this stub that was missing half of his finger. He was very animate about that one. I learned a lot from this man. But I also learned how to be mediocre. I learned to be less than God had called me to be. On just the third week at that job, he took me out into the warehouse, into the, the main area of the nuclear power plant, and he showed me his secret hiding place. And he says, I'm going to be up there sleeping. If you need me, I have a string tied on my wrist. You can pull on it. It'll wake me up, and I'll come down and help you. But it didn't end there. Three months later, he helped me build my own secret hideout. And we took turns sleeping on the job. As good as this relationship was, as much as he poured into me, teaching me skills that I use even today, as important a friendship as it was to me, this was an unhealthy friendship. Satan used it to take me to a place I never imagined I'd ever be, asleep on the job. I believe that if I would have stayed in that friendship, it would have changed the very trajectory of my life. I think I would be a very different person than I am today. Now, please understand this. I am not saying this was his fault. This was my fault. 
I blew it. These were my choices. I failed. I sinned. But I do know this. That friendship, it didn't help me. It didn't make me a better man. The problem is we oftentimes don't see these relationships as unhealthy. I didn't. We slide into them. They creep up on us. And before we know it, we're in this spot that can be incredibly dangerous for our lives. If you were to put your friendships, your relationships under a microscope, would you find areas of unhealth? Maybe you don't need a microscope to see it. It's blaring in your face. It's like that flashing red light that's at an intersection, a dangerous intersection, and you're just ignoring it. You know this isn't good. You know deep in your heart that you're heading to a wreck, but you just ignore it. We're in a series called Soul Care. And we've been talking about how God made us interconnected, body, mind, and spirit. And when we're unhealthy in one area, if that other area, and it does, connects and touches the other areas, all areas of our lives become unhealthy. In my life, I have seen this to be true. I've seen this interweaving of body, mind, and spirit. I've especially seen how it's interwoven in relationships. When a relationship in my life is unhealthy, my whole life begins to feel unhealthy. Just this past week, I had the brilliant idea of going on a a prayer walk with my wife, Maria Mia. And the reason I say this was so amazing is because normally this is her idea. But today I felt like this time, I felt like, oh, let's do this, honey. I really did feel like we needed to go pray together. So we load up into the car, and she's driving because it's always safer when my wife is driving. <laughs> and so we're, we're driving there, and, and she's just concentrating on her driving, and she starts to share her heart with me. And she looks over, and guess what I'm doing? I'm on my phone texting. I immediately saw her shut down. That prayer walk didn't become a prayer walk. It became the next hour and a half of me trying to salvage my stupid mistake. It became me trying to correct this relationship. In that moment, in that moment, we were incredibly unhealthy. When my relationship with Maria is unhealthy, It affects everything in me. It affects my relationships with people other than Maria too. It has this huge effect on me. You know what? That's true of all relationships. Maybe the unhealthy relationship that we're involved in is a relationship or a friendship of our choice. It's that high school partying buddy that we never grew out of, even though we're now in our 30s and 40s. Maybe that unhealthy relationship is a product of someone else's negative influence. 
It's that coworker that you, you work with and you just can't get away from them. Or that professor or teacher that you know you have to respect. Or maybe that unhealthy relationship is actually a relationship that you're committed to. Like your marriage or your family. Now speaking from experience, these particular relationships, spouse and family, they really can be the hardest to work on. But they must be the ones we work on. Please hear me. If your marriage is suffering today, don't walk away from this message thinking that Pastor Rich is saying, step out of your marriage. Don't use this as an excuse to leave your spouse. Work through it. It will be so worth it. I don't like working through problems, but every time I do with my spouse, it's better because of it. We do not run from relationship problems in marriage unless there's abuse. We work on them. You see, God has great plans for us, incredible plans for us. He wants us healthy. He wants us in healthy friendships. He wants to restore health to unhealthy relationships. He loves us. God wants the best for us. He wants our friendships, our relationships to flourish. Listen to what Paul says in the Bible. It says, God chose you. You are not a random accident. God chose you. He goes on to say, so clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy because you belong to God. Clothe yourself, clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What Paul is talking about right here are relationships, friendships. He goes on to say, make allowances for each other's faults. Give a buddy a break. And forgive anyone who offends you. Clothe yourselves with love. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, that's what we're supposed to be, one body, you are called to live in peace. You see, when people see those kinds of healthy character traits in us, in our relationships, it draws people to God through us. We get to be used by God. The way we live out our healthy relationships will not only affect everything around us, it'll draw people to God because it will look so different. It'll look so different than the world around us. Our relationships should look different. So how... How do we know when ours or others' relationships are unhealthy? Here are a few things that have helped me identify unhealthy relationships or warning signs for when I am unhealthy. Because here's something I've learned as an old man. I have learned that it's just as easy for me to be the one who's unhealthy in the relationship. It's just as easy for it to be me. So how... Do you identify an unhealthy relationship? I want you to pull out your pencils, pull out your pens, pull out your notes. If you're watching online, you can click on the QR code and you'll get those notes to come right up in front of you. Or you can scan on the QR code. So how do I know I'm in an unhealthy relationship? 
An unhealthy relationship exhibits unhealthy character traits. An unhealthy relationship exhibits unhealthy character traits. Or it brings out unhealthy character traits in me. The Bible says, bad company corrupts good character. It goes on to say, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Every time I hear those verses, it's like I'm hearing them in my mother's voice. Rich, show me who you hang out with and I'll show you who you are. Anybody been there? Or, or maybe you heard it this way. Dime con quien juntas, te juntas y te diré quien eres. Right? Friends, unhealthy character traits are more than just drug and alcohol abuse. Those are the flashing red lights at a, at a dangerous intersection in our lives. And yeah, they need to go. They need to go in your lives, in my life. They need to go. They need to be out of the lives of the people we hang out with. But the truth is, all too often, unhealthy character traits are much smaller and they're so much easier to overlook. We often see them in others without seeing them in ourselves. Watch out for these little character traits. Here's one of them. Watch out for friendships whose key ingredients are insults. These friends use words to belittle, to hurt. Listen to how the Bible describes the way we should speak. It says, let everything, every word that tumbles off of my lips, out of my mouth, should be good and helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement. Underline that word, encouragement to those who hear them. This may seem silly. I'm going to bear my soul with you guys here today. I absolutely hate litter. I hate litter. If I'm driving in a car and someone in front of me chucks a can out the window, I'm like, <laughs> when we take our students to camp, some of you guys are going to camp, you'll remember this. I make you get a plastic bag. I'm right there with you with my plastic bag. And we go around all the buildings and we pick up not only all of our trash, we pick up every trash of every camper who's been there the last five years. I hate litter. If I come home, drive into my driveway, and there's an empty Whataburger bag on the side of the road that obviously someone chucked out their window, it's just like, ugh, it just gets under my skin. Well, just this week, we were having a blast of a time with my grandchildren. I, I bought a beat-up old go-kart and fixed it up for them for Christmas. And so we're out riding it in the backyard, and we decided to take a break. So Maria Mia brings out popsicles. And so they begin to take off the wrappers. And what do they do with them? They chuck them on the ground. And I'm like, these words just came tumbling out of my mouth. Guys, we are not animals. I immediately saw the youngest of my grandchildren disconnect, look at me in a weird way. And I knew, I knew immediately that I had to apologize. I also knew because my Maria Mia, my wife, is standing behind him going... Give me the stink eye, you know. You, you need to apologize. Even when done in correction or in playfulness, our put-downs and insults wound. And they wound deeply. 
Do your friends encourage or belittle? In your relationships, are you known as an encourager? As someone who builds others up with their words? Watch out for relationships that always involve put-downs and insults. Then watch out for friendships that marinate in division. These relationships downplay the need for unity. Listen to what the Bible says about these types of friends. It says, watch out. Watch out for people who cause division. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests. What do divisive relationships actually look like? These are the friends who cling to unforgiveness and encourage you to do the same. These are the friends who encourage you to stay in your hurt instead of encouraging you to dialogue with those who hurt you. Who do you go to when you vent? Healthy friends will always encourage you to talk to the one who hurt you. They'll say something like this, I, I understand your heart, I feel you. I'm hurting with you, but you need to be sharing this with the person who hurt you, not me. Watch out for friendships that are divisive. Then watch out for friendships that are stewing in anger. These are relationships where one or the other of you has, has this anger. It's waiting just under the surface. It's stewing there. And it doesn't take much for it to boil over. Now, if I'm going to be honest, everybody gets angry. Okay, so raise your hand if you've never been angry. The first service we had someone raise their hand and they realized, whoops, I'm, I meant I, I do get angry. <laughs> no, we all can get angry. But here's the deal. When we live in that anger, day in and day out, our relationships suffer. People try to avoid us. Is this the day they're going to explode? Is this the day that I'm going to see shrapnel all over me? Our friendships suffer. They do. But you know what? So does our health. Medical studies show that long-term anger increases anxiety, high blood pressure, headaches, and the list goes on. But the Bible teaches us something else about anger. It says, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them. Underline that. You will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. You see, when we hang around with angry people long enough, it will rub off, off on us and it, it eventually affects our souls. It affects our souls. We'll, we will become bitter. We will become vengeful. We'll start to distance ourselves from God's voice. It affects our soul. Watch out for relationships that are stewing in anger. Then watch out for relationships that are soaking in jealousy. 
the Bible shows us the danger of jealousy. It says this, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambitions, like those go hand in hand, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. In my mid-20s, while attending another church, small group, I was introduced to a young man named Sid. Now, I really wish Sid was like the Ice Age Sid. That would have helped me immensely. But no, he was good looking, dark hair. He had a magnetic personality. People loved to hang around him. And I just, I was jealous of him. I can't put my finger on why, but I was jealous of him. And every time that people were around me, I was miserable to be around. Miserable. Watch out. These little unhealthy character traits start out small, but they quickly grow. They quickly consume. They sneak up on us and they control us. They're red flags. They're warnings. They're telling us slowly walk away from this or quickly walk away with this because it's going to eat away at your character. It's going to destroy your relationships. During my college years, I found myself in another type of unhealthy relationship. At 21, at the age of 21, I enrolled in a Christian college and I went there to learn Spanish. I wanted to come back and be able to know what Maria, Mia, my wife was saying about me with her sisters. So I went to college for that. Any class that was not Spanish, I took tons of Spanish classes. But any class that wasn't Spanish was an art class because I also love art. My dad used to tease me. He used to say, son, it feels like I'm paying for you to take basket weaving in college. This is kind of expensive. He used to harass me about that. There was an art major there who, who I connected with because we had a common interest. But there was a problem with this connection, this friendship. I put everything else on hold. Everything else, all other relationships took the back burner. I stopped hanging out with my small group there at college. I stopped going Sunday mornings to church and hanging out with my church friends. This was an incredibly unhealthy relationship. I was in an unhealthy relationship that was drawing me way away from the very people who would be able to have the greatest positive impact on my life. I know I'm in an unhealthy relationship because an unhealthy friendship pulls me away from godly influences. These are friendships or relationships that try to isolate me from other healthy relationships. The Bible has some pretty strong advice for these kinds of friendships. It says, stop them. Stop. Stop forming inappropriate relationships with unbelievers. Can right and wrong be partners? No. Can light have anything in common with darkness? No. Can a believer share life with an unbeliever? No. These friendships, they can be the most dangerous because they disconnect us from the very real hope and healing of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I need that. 
The Bible continues to point us away from these kinds of friendships. And I know that in 30 minutes, it's impossible to include all the red flags and warning signs of unhealthy relationships. But after the service, you can click on the QR code in your, in your program and you can, it'll take you to a website that points out 25 other traits of an unhealthy relationship. Well, we've talked about what an unhealthy relationship looks like, but how do I become healthier in my relationships? How do I get out of those? What do I do? The, ver the first step is to believe this truth. You are valuable. You are valuable. I want you to do something. I want you to cross out those two words, you are, and I want you to put in your name. My name is Rich. Rich is valuable. Rich is valuable. Oscar, you are valuable. Damien, you are valuable. You are valuable. The Bible says we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. I belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. You and I are children of God. I'm created to be a masterpiece. I am meant to shine. When I struggle believing that, because I can at times struggle believing that, I say that verse out loud. I have memorized it in its entirety. For I am God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus to do the things he planned for me long ago. I am his masterpiece. I proclaim that over and over and over again until it becomes a belief system. Remember who you are. Understand your worth. You are valuable. I am valuable. God wants me to have the best in my friendships because I'm valuable. Now, I know it's hard. It is incredibly hard to leave a friendship or a relationship on your own. So take another step. And here it is. Reach out for help. Reach out for help. Reach out to godly friends for advice. Listen to what the Bible says. Though good advice lies deep within the heart, a person with understanding will draw it out. You can find those godly friends who will draw it out of you in small groups. In fact, going along with the theme soul care, body, mind, and spirit. We've got a new small group starting. And it's actually starting this week. And it's being led by two of my friends, the Landines, and they're actually going to be in the back. If you want to be a part of this small group, you can go in the back after the service and sign up. You can also sign up with this QR code right over there, however you do that. <laughs> it's not too late to sign up. You will find hope and health for your body, your mind, and your spirit in a small group. 
You could also, if you, if you need to go deeper and it feels like it's something more heart issue, more rooted, then maybe you need to come on Friday nights to CR. Or if you're a high school or middle school student, you come on Wednesday nights to, 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 to student ministry. Or maybe if you're a young adult, you come to the young adult small group on Thursday nights. Reach out for help. But you know what? There's an even greater step that we need to take. There's a greater step we can take to find healing for our relationships, and it's this. We need to move closer to God. We must. We must move closer to God. To heal faster, we need a deep relationship with God. God is the best friend that you will ever have. His relationship with you will fill the deepest voids. It will heal the ugliest scars. Lean into that truth. Lean into the truth that Jesus is real and that he wants you to get to know him. He wants to be in a deep relationship with you. He already knows you. He wants you to know him. He knows your hurts. He knows what's causing you pain. When Maria and I were first married, man, I'm not kidding, that first year was rough. We're learning to get to know each other. We both had full-time jobs. And I remember one time coming home, walking into our tiny airstream trailer where we lived and seeing her on the sofa. And I could tell that something major had happened. Her face was covered in tears and she was just sitting there. I remember I sat down beside her and I, I put my arm around her and I'm like, honey, what's going on? I want you to listen to her words. These are her exact words. Maria, my wife, said, I felt upset and tense with you today. Now I'm on the edge of the sofa. But I couldn't put my finger on it. I felt like I was looking for a reason to be upset with you. And as I sat here, I prayed. And I asked God, show me what's going on in my heart. She said, I wasn't expecting him to unfold so much so quickly. The Lord spoke to me. He said, you want rich to fill a void in your life. Heal a part of your life that only I can fill, only I can heal. That's my job. This is God speaking to her. It's not rich's job to make you feel worthy or valuable or beautiful let me do that or you're going to suck the life out of him it was in that intimate moment with Jesus that Maria, me and my wife experienced relationship healing and every part of her body soul and mind has been better for it. Friends, listen to me. There is no friendship that will not fail you. We are all human, but there is a friend that will never fail you, and that's Jesus. He is real. My relationship with Jesus is what pulls me through the day. 
If you're here today and you don't have that deep, intimate relationship with Jesus, pursue him today. Don't walk out those doors without knowing him. He wants you to know him. If you don't know him, it's simply confessing and believing in your mouth and your heart that he is Lord, that he wants to be your friend. It's inviting him in. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, I know that in this room, there are those who don't know you personally. They have a casual relationship with you. They've never read your love letters in the Bible. They've never reached out to you except in an emergency. You want so much more from them. You want a real friendship. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage right now to turn their hearts and their lives over to you and turn their themselves into a personal relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would speak into their hearts and minds. If they don't know you, give them the courage right here, right now to just call out to you. Jesus, come in and take control of my life. I need a good friend, Lord. Come in. Pray those words with you, me this morning, if you would. Come in and take control of my life. I believe that you are be my Lord. Lord, I also know that there are people in here who are walking in with a lot of baggage. Some of that baggage is, is friendships, friendships that they shouldn't be holding on to. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage to step away. They'd say today, I'm not going to pursue this friendship anymore. I pray that you'd give them the courage to take a bold step, to share their need with a friend and reach out for help. Lord, watch over my friends. I pray that we would have friendships that flourish. We need you for that. I love you, Jesus. I praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen.